Let's Glow with best-selling author and skin healing expert, Hannah Salito. Hello, I'm Hannah Salito, skin healing expert. I actually didn't have any plans to record a podcast this week. And then a couple of serendipitous little things happened. Firstly, the beautiful yoga clothing company, Uman R, who I followed for ages on Instagram, asked me to guest blog my story for their readers. I was so excited to do so. And I've had so many kind people reach out to say they'd read my story about my skin and really enjoyed it. And that's how I got chatting to Nikki. And I took a look at her Instagram page and I immediately thought, this is a lady that I want to speak to for a whole host of reasons, actually. Nikki Duffel in her Instagram profile describes herself as a transformational coach specializing in grief work. Now, that might sound a little bit morose as a podcast subject, but I've had so many people reach out to me lately, citing the traumatic death of a loved one as a direct trigger for their skin, that I thought this is something I want to learn more about. We've talked a lot about diet and gut health in that sense on the podcast over the past few weeks, but where does stress, trauma, anxiety and grief fit in when it comes to our gut and skin health? And furthermore, we can't ignore the headlines at the moment, which I know so many of you are feeling super anxious about as well. So that's something that I want to address with Nikki to talk a bit more, I guess, about talking more. Nikki, I'm so happy that you read my blog post this week. So funny how I love how these things happen, you know, like... Omenar just popping in my inbox and kind of like you know sometimes I read sometimes I don't and I started reading and then I was reading and you know read it all and I was like oh that's awesome and yeah so (laughs) without sounding completely cheesy it really feels like one of those crossings of paths that serendipitously is meant to be I know isn't it and it was just like as I was writing it was like this is just this isn't coincidence so oh gosh where shall I start where shall I start so let me start with my skin story so broke out as a teenager my period started broke out I think I was about 16 when my skin fully broke out on my face as well which you can't cover your face up as much as I would try. And it was chin, forehead and uh, whiteheads. And yeah, and it just got, kind of just got worse. And, you know, tried every product under the sun, everything. Tried drying my skin out, went to see a dermatologist and, and nothing worked, nothing worked. And then I studied as a nutritional therapist and still I couldn't get to the kind of core of it. It helped a little bit, but then it came back and um, then I got pregnant and my skin cleared up completely. And so for the first time, it felt like the first time in my life, it wasn't obviously, but the first time in my adult life, my skin was clear. And to experience that, I was like, oh, my gosh, you know, not have to wake up in the morning in pain or um, have to worry about how I'm looking. Do I put makeup on to cover it up? But it's so sore. I don't want to put makeup on to cover it up. I've got to go into a meeting today or, you know, it was so it was kind of freeing. And then I had my son and uh, my periods returned and it came back with vengeance. And so I was like, now I know that my skin can be clear. I know there's something that I've got to do about it. So then I kind of went on like 
I am going to sort this out. So I did acupuncture, which really helped me. I got pregnant again (laughs) and cleared up and I was determined for it not to come back this time. So I did that and then it did come back a little bit, but not to the same extent. And then I healed my gut. I worked on healing my gut. And again, it took it to a little bit. And then I did all the emotional work. And now my skin's clear all the time. Such an amazing story. And as somebody who suffered from acne age 15 myself, I can totally relate. Here's what I'm fascinated about with your work, Nikki, because I can help somebody following an eating plan. So I've designed the 28-day plan in my book, Radiant. And actually to say to someone, eat this, don't eat this, it's fairly simplistic, fairly self-explanatory. But often there are other things going on, aren't there? And I think emotional well-being is very often a more difficult aspect to tackle. I know. And I find with the diet as well that it lasts for so long But we are such complex beings and there's so much behind that. That's why it's not just about willpower with food. It's about your patterns and beliefs. It's about how you've been brought up around food. I think your relationship with yourself mirrors your relationship with your food and kind of your emotions. And, you know, it's easy just to push it all down and not deal with it. And then it comes out through the skin. This is so true. And I say in my book, I really am an emotional eater. So if I'm happy, I eat. If I'm stressed or upset or anxious, I completely lose my appetite and I just stop eating. There's such a close connection for me and I'm really aware of it. But, but And I love that because it's like... That's where the body and the emotions are so connected. You know, you're stressed, you know, your body releases all those stress hormones and shuts off your digestive system. And it can go either two way. And, and this is where it, it's interesting. So it sounds like you're listening to your body in that way. I'm stressed. My digestive system has shut down. So therefore, I can't, I can't eat because your, your body won't process it. And then there's the other the other way that people can go is I'm stressed and I'm I'm just going to eat through it. And then it gets stark and it feels, I don't know, cloggy, that's the word. And yeah, it's just, I found with like nutritional therapy that I could get so far with clients and then they'd come back, which was great for me. <laughs> but it's like, what what is it that isn't kind of getting underneath and it is, it's the emotional, it's the emotional side. It's looking at your patterns and beliefs. It's about how you feel about yourself. Do you know how to nurture and really nourish yourself, which is different to, do you know how to eat? <laughs> and I can see it, you know, because if we're taking two extremes, I have on the one hand, a person who comes to me excited about making changes, enthusiastic about trying this new way of eating or new way of exercising. And then On the other hand, I have that person who feels completely daunted and miserable and thoroughly fed up and almost resentful of having to make any changes. And I really do get it, but that isn't how I want anyone to feel. So I wonder if maybe that person isn't quite ready. Uh, But equally, sometimes the people that are really ready are really ready to do the food side of things. 
And they can do that because you get the you get the kind of people that are driven either by control or perfection, that kind of pattern and behavior that will do everything perfectly. They're, they're really great clients to work with because, you know, it's like eat this, like you say, and they will go away and they will do it. But it's then, are they really nourishing themselves? What is that pattern that drives that kind of that control and that perfection? And what is that taking away from them? Because usually then they will do the juices and the smoothies, but they don't know how to kind of really sink into themselves and enjoy a really beautiful, nourishing dessert, for example. All of those different patterns and behaviours. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. I had that problem myself because I saw the positive changes in my skin from being on this restricted diet very early on. And it was about finding flexibility. I think this was the challenge, to find flexibility, to almost allow myself to relax at times. I was scared that my skin was going to flare up again. Yeah, that fear, because that control comes in and then that fear, it's like, it works, now now what? And that's when we kind of, we can lose a bit of the connection with our bodies and with ourselves in those moments, because we've eaten a certain way and it's worked, but it's kind of like tuning into what what do I need at the moment? There's, there's a number of levels. What do I need at the moment? What does my body need at the moment? That really conscious way of living. And equally, I think, around we've lost our connection with nature as well. When we find something that works like that for us, we can do it all year round. And, you know, there's so many times I see um, my clients eating salads in the winter, <laughs> It's just like, no, you need to change. Nature's asking you to go in. Nature's asking you to kind of stock up soups, stews, you know. But like I say, it's so complex. There's so many different levels. And that's why I love working in the way that I work now, in that looking at the the whole human being sitting in front of me, what's going on, what's going on with your body, what's going on with your emotions, what's going on with your mind, where's the energy blocked in the body. Yeah, I, I really love it. I love the work you do, Nikki, because you approach the body and emotional well-being as one. And I have to say, I'm fascinated by the work that you do around grief. And this is what I'm so interested to talk to you about today as I was going through your Instagram profile, because I get so many people coming to me saying that my skin has flared as a direct result of trauma. You know, they can look back and attribute it to exactly that. I had a lady just last week, Rose, whose mum very sadly passed away 20 years ago. And she got her first psoriasis flare as a direct result of that instant grief. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I lost my mum 13 years ago now. Um, I don't think we talk about it. And I don't think we're not taught how to deal with grief and grief is dark it's deep it's crazy making and actually I think there's more grief day to day than we tend to acknowledge yes it's when you lose your a loved one like you know you, you know that Rose who lost her mother but, you know, there's so much grief day to day as well because everything's moving and changing all the time. But, yeah, the trauma 
And the trigger of events is really key in terms of the impact that it has on your body and how it manifests. And it depends on what that is and who you are to how that does manifest. But I really believe in the link between trauma and disease and also the mind and disease, which is being much uh, talked about a lot more these days, which I'm really pleased about. And not only that, much more scientific evidence to support the connection between the mind and the body and disease, which is really interesting. Yeah, it's really hard to process the negative emotions. You know, when we feel angry or when we feel sadness, you know, when we're feeling happy, it's like, I can do this. you, You don't even think about the emotions you're feeling when you're feeling full of joy and happiness. It's just so easy. It's just, but dealing with the sadness, the grief, the anger, the frustration, we're not taught how to do that. And actually, I think what we are taught is that it's wrong. You know, I shouldn't be feeling that way. I should be positive. And no, again, we are human beings. We feel all of those things. And when we push them down, when we make it wrong to feel those things, that's when it gets stuck in the body. To me, the correlation that immediately springs to mind is the action of applying a steroid cream to suppress what we see on the skin. We're masking the problem. It feels almost not okay for our skin to look as though it's sore. And our immediate reaction is to find that quick fix to cover it up. I guess in much the same way as we just want the grief to go away. And I know that you spoke in one of your posts on Instagram about antidepressants. We reach for that magic pill because we just cannot contemplate going through that immense pain. I can feel it all come up in my body, even when you say that, that the whole antidepressant thing, I haven't haven't spoken a lot about it out there. That was the first time I put it out there because I think it's important that we talk about it. But yeah, you're absolutely right. I think there's a distinction between grief and depression, a clear distinction. And to get through grief, you really need holding and support. You don't need to push those things down. It's horrible. It takes a lot to feel those things. But if you can find the right person to work with, and I would always recommend working with somebody if you're going through that deep grief, If you can find the right person to work with that can support you, that in my opinion, that's the way to go with grief, not down the antidepressant route. Now, I did both. It was 13 years ago, and I I often wonder how I would deal with it all now. You know, it is, it's just masking what you're going through. And it has to come out at some point, or it doesn't, and it gets stuck in the body. And that can create illness. Using that analogy again, in the same way that we stop the steroid cream and our skin flares up because the underlying problems are still there. That's it. And I mean, I went on, you know, before I started on this path, you know, I was on antibiotics for my skin, you know, oh yeah, it clears up. And, and I remember going to the doctors after I'd had my son being so frustrated going, it's come back and it cleared up during pregnancy. And this was, this was with all my tools. You know, I was a 
registered nutritionist by then this was with all my tools and he was like well we can put you on antibiotics and I said what what happens when I come off those antibiotics no I knew I wasn't going to be going on antibiotics he said it will come back and I appreciated his honesty but I had the foresight to ask that question I you know I was just I think I was just looking for some kind of support and I was frustrated so I went to the doctors but um yeah. And, you know, sometimes it might just to even make you feel a bit better, just to do something like that, but do the other stuff alongside. Know that that's not the cure. Sometimes we need a bit of relief from whatever it is we're experiencing. We just need a bit of relief. That's why I went to the doctors. I needed a bit of relief from the heartbreak that I was feeling. And you know what? It did that to an extent and then I did all the other work and you know came off them very quickly but sometimes we need that relief but do the other stuff talk to people you know with your skin start I often say your body is just trying to tell you something it's just trying to tell you something what is it trying to tell you? And sometimes you, we don't know the answers, but your body is trying to tell you something. With the skin, it's inflammation in the body. Something is wanting to come out. I think that's the thing with skin. It's kind of your barrier out into the world, isn't it? And um, something wants to come out. Something needs to come out of your body and it can't get it out in any other way than through the skin. So what is it that needs to come out? It's our largest organ of detoxification. It's bearing the brunt of so much, I think, our diet, our mental health, our lifestyle. Exactly, exactly. And that's why it's like looking at it on all of those different levels, you know, mind, body and soul, everything to, to, to kind of really, really heal. I don't know, my journey's taken me on... Just coming back to yourself, you know, everything about you is okay. Everything about you is okay. And we're so hard on ourselves. You know, we make so much of ourselves wrong. And just kind of coming back to who you are, how you feel, that there isn't any right or wrong and you don't need to hide away. I feel sometimes as though Western medicine is a little bit behind in that sense. When you look at traditional Eastern practitioners, Chinese medicine, they have always explored this strong correlation between our organs and our emotions. So grief and the lungs, for example. I love Chinese medicine and Ayurveda, those kind of traditional medicines that have been around for thousands and thousands and thousands of years there's a reason why they're still around um, and I did some work on this last year yes lungs are all about the grief in your body you know anger is associated with your liver and it's just it's interesting to kind of just start to you know understand some of those connections and what they can tell you even like toothache toothache can be around it's going to sound obvious I think when I say but can be around your ability to receive can you receive help can you receive love you know sometimes we're like I'm gonna I'm gonna do it on my own (laughs) I I need to do this I'm gonna do it on my own 
And toothache can sometimes indicate that you need to ask for help. It's just fascinating when you start looking. It is. And now I know why I get toothache at times. <laughs> it's independent here. So I know from personal experience, you mentioned anger and the liver. Taking myself back to that situation six years ago when my skin was at its worst, I was in such a negative cycle with my liver. So alcohol to numb the stress or the frustration or the anger. I was so angry at my skin and then I'd sleep poorly. So I'd drink more alcohol and I was just in this unhealthy spiral and clearly my liver was bearing the brunt. And that's it because you can see the the like anger associated with the the liver and anger is one of the the most difficult emotions to deal with because we really aren't taught how to to manage anger um and if i look at my mum and my parents it was it you had to keep a lid on it it was that generation where it's just like that's not okay to speak or to say how you feel, or even express that you might be feeling angry. And so you push it down, and then you get into the liver in terms of it processing, like you say, all the toxins in the body, but also it processes all your hormones, cholesterol. You can just see, you know, the liver is an amazing organ. And when you couple it with what we know about from Chinese medicine, with what we know scientifically about the liver, it's so important when you're looking at the skin so important. I can see it so clearly now where I was going wrong using alcohol in some way almost to self-medicate of sorts and it was just massively counterproductive. And so many of us self-medicate whether it's online shopping, whether it's alcohol, whether it's chocolate, whether it's TV, whether it's sex. We all have a form where, or social media. Social media is a really good one. We can just kind of numb out to it. And then, but it doesn't go away. <laughs> it doesn't go away. It doesn't. So Nikki, where do you begin? Somebody comes to you, they're ready to do the work. Where do you start? <laughs> That's a really good question. It really depends on the individual sitting in front of me. It really does. Some, sometimes I might start with the food. Sometimes I might start with the emotions. It really depends on who's sitting in front of me and what they need in that moment. Some people need to start with the food to get the energy moving through them. If if kind of it's if I can feel that they're really tight and stuck, I will use food as a way of starting to get the energy move within them to then be able to get them to open up and, and look at the emotional side of things. Sometimes we need to do the emotional work because even trying to make those food changes is impossible. So it really depends. I always get a full history from my clients, first of all. So I send them my lovely welcome pack that has literally everything in them, all the symptoms, how they're feeling about life. And I kind of tune in and get a sense to them before they even kind of walk into the room with me. But it really depends on the individual. You know, sometimes I bring in supplements. Sometimes I can get to the end of the three months. I do a three-month program because you can't change anything in one session. Sometimes we get to the end of the program and I haven't given them any supplements because it just it just hasn't worked like that and it's not what been what they've needed 
at that moment. So, yeah, it really does depend on who's sitting in front of me um, and where they are. Yeah. I think the very fact they are sat in front of you surely means they've already done the hardest part. I guess for me, the most difficult thing was to say that I needed help. That was my biggest step. I think I'm so glad you brought that up because it is a massive step. It takes real courage to reach out to somebody and commit to a path or commit to healing in this way. It's the unknown. It can feel scary. And it does. It takes courage. And I think whenever I'm talking to people about the work I do coming to work with me one-to-one or um, I also run an online program called HeartSpace. And when I'm talking to people about coming to work with me in, in either of those forms, I tell them about the resistance that comes up because sometimes it's easier to stay in our old habits and patterns because it does take it does. It takes courage. I can't think of another word. It takes courage to start to step out of them and peek out above them. It takes courage and it takes it takes work. And it, that's even that, even making that commitment, that first step is such a fundamental one because they're committing to themselves in that moment. They're committing to them and them, their healing. And that's so fundamental fundamental scary but also fantastic I think to speak to someone independent of family and friends without judgment yeah because that's it I mean and it's different with friends and families isn't it and you know there needs to be connection there you know with those people but it's not the same as talking to somebody who's kind of independent of all of that noise and that stuff that goes on around us and I think the relationship and finding somebody to work with is is really important the relationship is so important you know I will often say you know when I'm having a call to see with a client see if they want to come and work with me you know I know that I'm not going to be for everybody and and it's interesting just as I reflect you know the biggest support that I got when when I was grieving and going through my mum it wasn't a therapist at the time it was a lady that I used to go to for Reiki and meditation, one of my a wonderful teacher of mine. And I used to, yeah, Shelley, I used to go and see her. And, and so it doesn't need to look a certain way. You know, if you're going through grief, you don't necessarily need to see a grief counsellor. It can, it, it can be whatever it is that you need in that moment. But tuning into what you need and making that step, like you say, is, is kind of, is really fundamental. Yeah, and I think you just have to trust and trust that these people come. I found people have come into my life at different times, just as as and when I've needed them. And they've been with me through part of my journey, and then they might come and go. Yeah, but that relationship's really important. That's so interesting that this doesn't have to look like a patient and therapist sat opposite one another in these big brown leather armchairs. This can be a meditation coach or a yoga practitioner. Yeah. And I did go and see a grief counsellor when I was going through through everything with my mum. And we didn't connect. 
we didn't connect and and actually what that showed me was that um what i had with shelly and my reiki and meditation that was working for me with all of this you know everything that we're talking about we have this picture in our head of how things need to look the green smoothies and the green juices whatever it is and 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 we kind of we might find a way and we might put a box around it and we think that's how it should look but it doesn't need to look a certain way and it can change as well I think calling this a journey always sounds so cheesy, doesn't it? But it really does feel like a constantly evolving journey. I know. It's one of those words, isn't it, that you're like, oh, but I, it is. There's no other word for it. it. It really is. And I know, I know now more than ever that I'm on this path. I am so committed to this work And this way of being in the world, I went on a retreat last weekend and it was probably the deepest work that I've ever done healing wise. And the resistance in me, just going back to that kind of like reaching out to someone, the resistance in me was so huge. I think I knew on some level it would be the biggest work that I'd ever done, but the resistance was really big to the point where I got to the retreat and at one point I was like I can just get in my car and go home (laughs) I'd only just kind of turned up I can can go home but I stayed and it was beautiful and amazing. I do think sometimes those frightening things we put ourselves through are the ones where we achieve the most growth. A lovely lady called Caroline Fatterini chatted to me on earlier podcasts and she spoke about the very real fear of leaving her grown-up kids to go on a month-long yoga retreat in Thailand and this was the first retreat she'd ever done and she loved it so much. Years later she's completely changed her health and skin but she's also a yoga teacher which to me just shows that your path can completely transform. Yeah that's it. It can be anything. I, I love that she's now doing yoga because you know my path led me to this work. My healing led me to this work and so it's so and I see that with so many people like you. Your healing led you to this work and look sometimes life can be really hard. It can be really hard And I think we're experiencing some of that now. But sometimes that can be the nudge or the push that you need. I often wonder, would I be sitting here doing what I'm doing if I hadn't lost my mum? I don't know. I don't know. I think those of us who have been through the trauma we help others through come at it with such a deep empathy I certainly use my grief and those sad years I went through hating my skin to empathize with others and to help them so that they don't have to suffer that same trauma. I I think you're absolutely right. And I love what you said there about kind of your grief and your sadness and, and kind of it does, you know, that's what I want to do now through the depths and the darkness of grief. There can be light. That might sound cheesy. I don't know. But 
It might sound cheesy, but it's so important for anyone who feels completely hopeless. I think going through this gives us the very best insight and perspective, which I consider to be amazing. Yeah, yeah, it really, really is. And I've had people around me very recently lose people. You know, I think I think with I think grief's interesting because and I'm talking about grief in terms of death. Because there's the natural order of things. And I remember how it felt when I lost my grandparents. And that was slightly different to how I felt when I lost my mum. And I lost my mum before my grandparents. So, yeah, it wasn't, it kind of wasn't the right order of things. She, she was quite young. I was young. And it's the trauma, I think, going back to what we were talking about, trauma. The trauma of going through that when it's not kind of how we think it's supposed to be. And then also with grief, you've got wrapped up in how it all happens. This is probably the most open I've ever been, but my mum passed quite traumatically. And so I had that, not only was I dealing with grief, but the trauma in my body as well. And so I think it can depend on... I suppose the flavour of grief, you know, and that's not to say that when you lose your mum and you're older and they're in their 90s or anything, that it's not difficult because it is because it's your parents and that's hard. But there's so many different nuances to grief, which is why it's so deep and dark, I think. Um, And working through that is just in a way that works for you, um, is so important. And like you say, we can both be here now talking in this way and show people that there's something, there's something on the other side of that. There's just a, I don't know, a little bit of light. Yeah. I think knowing there's light is sometimes all somebody needs to hear. And But it's interesting. Again, it goes back to, it's like, this this narrative that we have around, but I should be okay. <laughs> I should be able to get on with it and I should be okay. It took many, many years after my mum passed to realise that the way she passed impacted me. It wasn't just her dying, it was the way she died as well. Um, and even last year, I did a bit more on it, you know, 12 years later, um yeah and it just removed it kind of moved another layer yeah I feel as though I've got so many more questions to talk to you about Nikki let's take a short break I want to get some advice on how people can reach out to you how they can get this help for themselves let's take a short break first of all we'll be back in seconds Radiant is Hannah Salito's best-selling book Featuring all the information you need to get started. A dedicated 28-day plan. And over 100 recipes to heal skin from within. Order now at hannasolito.com via Amazon, Waterstones, WH Smith or your local independent bookshop. 
If someone is listening, Nikki, in this position, whether it's grief, the death of a family member or a friend, unbearable anxiety, and they do feel ready to reach out, what can they expect in working with you? Is this face-to-face or is it a Skype session or...? So I usually see, I usually do our first session um, face-to-face because I think I like that connection. So I usually do that face-to-face and I do it over two hours. So we have a really a good amount of time to kind of connect with each other but equally and then I do and then it's over so I use zoom you know a bit like we're doing today you Skype over Skype and it, but it is amazing the connection you can get over technology these days you know and what's lovely is that you know last year I had clients in Belgium Hungary and Germany so it's wonderful to be able to do that now and I think you can get a connection over um, technology and particularly with the work I do because I'm always tuning in to the individual that's sitting in front of me whether that's whether they're sitting in front of me or whether they're in front of me through a screen it's, it's, you can do amazing work that way. Again, it doesn't need to look a certain way. Especially at the moment when lots of us are restricted in terms of where we can travel geographically. But I do love that about technology. How fantastic that somebody can connect via a screen and reap the same benefits in working with you as somebody who lives, say, five minutes up the road. And, you know, I still see, I still have people that kind of approach me and they, they want to see me face to face. They want that connection. I think there's an important part of that, that human connection, you know, we were talking about it earlier, human connection is so important on every level for obviously our health and well-being. So I do see, I know some clients, they're like, I I just want to see you. And, you know, throughout the sessions, if they want to come and see me again, you know, I offer that. And also the face-to-face sessions allows us to do a bit more movement because movement for the body, particularly when you're dealing with things like grief and anger, moving it out of the body, like just even like stomping your feet, just moving the body to, to, to release the energy. One of my teachers always says, you know, emotion is, is just energy trying to move through the body. And when we look at it like that, I don't know, there's something so simple about it. And it takes all the pressure that the mind brings in. The mind loves to analyse it. Why am I feeling this way? It's wrong. I shouldn't be feeling this way. The mind just comes in. And if we can just kind of be with it. Um, Jack Cornfield uh, teaches Buddhism. And and I love what he says around just welcome, welcome it in. Oh, hello, anger. There you are again. And there's something in that that can be so powerful. It's really hard to do because we're not kind of wired that way. But there's something so beautiful about just going, I'm just going to kind of sit here with my anger right now. Hello. Hello, anger. It's amazing when you can accept it like that. I used to get so angry at my skin and feel as though I didn't have a channel to vent that frustration. And then I'd feel stupid for getting so stressed, feeling as though I was making my skin worse. Well, because then you get angry and then you get guilt and then you just kind of go around in this circle. I mean, I remember, I remember days you know, just crying in frustration of like, you know, particularly, um, you know, I was eating really well. (laughs) I was eating really well. 
and there were still days when I was just in pain and it was just so sore and I could feel it like kind of wanting to burst out of my skin it's just kind of like yeah and just just crying and just being so frustrated about it oh Yeah, and then you're pushing it all down, all down again, all down. It's no wonder, it's no wonder, is it, that so much tries to come out of our skin, so much. I think for some people it's IBS, stomach pains. For some, it's a migraine. For some, for me, it's my skin. It's that, it is, isn't it? I'm trying to think carefully about the words I use, but it's, it's that signal that it's it's your body's signal whatever that might be like you say it might be a migraine for me it is my skin on my face as well one coming up now and I'm like oh okay what's going on and it's the same I usually need to slow down it's usually I mean stress plays such a massive impact on our health in in kind of the society that we're in today yeah Life is stressful, and I think over the years, doctors have divided our bodies up into all these different parts, the brain, the gut, the liver, our skin, but actually, it's all connected, and I feel like the gut is at the centre of it all. Uh, Yeah, so much of, you know, where we've been historically, in terms of the medical profession as well, you know, you will go and see um, a cardiologist for your heart, a kind of a dermatologist for your skin, you know, somebody else for your gut, and all that separateness (laughs) that's a word yeah and bringing it all together and you know as nutritional therapists we 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 kind of have a little bit of a phrase now is just like we always start with the gut because you know how fundamental it is to the skin but depression anxiety all the research now that supports your gut health in all of those kind of conditions is really phenomenal it's amazing isn't it that science is finally acknowledging this connection it is it's phenomenal there's um, a good book if anybody wants to uh, read it called the psychobiotic revolution and that goes in and out it's obviously it's it's geared towards because of the title the connection between your gut and your brain but it's a really good read if you want to kind of delve I love books like that. I was reading The Last Best Cure by Dr. Donna Nakazawa, which explains the gut-brain axes too. We've got so much shared information at our fingertips. There's something really important about trusting yourself in all of this. There are so many people out there now, particularly with social media, and so much information out there that you can kind of constantly be searching for the next thing And there's something about trusting yourself. If you feel called to go and work with somebody, go and work with them. If you feel called to, I don't know, try a particular therapy, tune into what you feel called to, but also trust yourself. If in the morning you wake up and perhaps you're feeling anxious what do you need what do you need right now you know this morning I woke up and I could feel a lot of the fear that was around us and so I sat in meditation 
And then I went and put my feet on the grass outside to, to kind of really ground myself. You know, and I don't do that every morning. It's not, I, I try and tune in and, and to trust yourself. You know, there are people out there that can support and hold you really well. And most of us need that, if not all of us need that. But, you know, it's about trusting yourself too. Really coming back to yourself and trusting you know, that you might just have an answer yourself. I think you're right. I think we do hold the answers ourselves, but it's difficult, isn't it? For someone researching skin, they might read my book, their doctor might tell them something different. And then they see a post on Instagram about drinking celery juice, and they just don't know where to begin. And that information overload can sometimes stop them making a start. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, and there is so much information out there that you can get so lost in it. And that's what I try and work on with my clients as well is like trusting, trusting themselves as well as getting the help and support you need, but just, but just trusting because yeah, you could drown in everything. Drown and feel unable to make a change because of that overwhelming feeling of information. I have to touch on what's going on at the moment too, Nikki, because coronavirus, it's on everybody's mind. I think my Sky News app must have pinged three times at least whilst we've been chatting. There is so much information and misinformation. It's really incredibly overwhelming. We are all going to be in very different places. And we are all going to be feeling and feeding off each other. And again, it's just coming back to yourself. And again, getting the help and support. This, you know, this is probably a time when people need to get help and support and holding. And again, just doing what's right for you. And what I would say, what I would say to people is take a moment to be with whatever you're feeling and also to know that other people are feeling a certain way and again not to make it wrong nobody's right or wrong here let's come together let's support each other someone we will all have very real anxieties as we go through this and let's just see how we can support and come together elizabeth gilbert um wrote a post um i think it was yesterday i definitely shared it yesterday and it you know she ended it with how can i help and i feel like i'm able to sit here from a place and go how can i help and i just really liked that it's a privileged position to be in and it feels good, doesn't it? Being able to offer to do something to help. I'm a little bit lost in all of this. I'm confident in my immune system, but of course, like everybody else, I've got elderly friends and relatives and it's a worry. And for me, it's the silly, small, practical things that keep me sane. So I'm growing my own food this year. And so this scare has prompted me to begin early. My dad was telling me stories yesterday of families in the war growing all their own food. So each morning at the moment, I'm taking time, going to the greenhouse, checking my little seedlings. And it sounds so funny and so minor, but it's really important to me. I think for me, what this brings up is where we've lost our connection to nature 
and I love that you're going out connecting to nature in that way like going out and and doing your your greenhouse you've made me want to go out and do the same but kind of connecting to nature in that way and bringing us down and and also like doing the things that can support us you know let's Let's support our immunity right now with the foods that we can, getting enough sleep, just kind of bringing some of those basic things in to support our immunity, hold those that we love dear and close around us. I think informing ourselves is important without going too far, have the knowledge that you need and without going too far and and inform yourself. And, and just be really grounded in yourself. Yeah, it's it's a difficult time. It's a really difficult time for us all. I've spoken with people who were worried generally, worried about their skin, worried they might not be able to source healthy food to keep themselves well. I think the most important thing is to stay strong and to support each other as a community. And Nikki, I know that after our chat today, so many people are going to want to reach out and speak to you. How is it that they can do that? Yeah. So my business is called Nikki for Life. And so my website is nikkiforlife.com. Instagram is my favorite place to hang out. So you can find me there at Nikki underscore Duffel. Um, I'm also on Facebook uh, as Nikki for Life as well. So any of those areas, but come and come and say hello. I love, I really love making the connection, particularly on social media. It can be a really wonderful space. And like we say, particularly at this time for connection and community. And look, I just, I'm enrolling a program at the moment called Heart Space. And it feels like just the right time. You know, it's going to be a small group of women. But if anybody would like to know more about that, just come and, yeah, just drop me an email and get in touch I'd love to hear from you and can people attend from anywhere in the world they can they can yeah it's online um I'm running it with a friend of mine and fellow transformational coach we're doing it online we can we're hoping to do a face-to-face session but you know where we are right now it may just all be online so yeah anybody just get in touch with me and, and we can talk about it it'd be really wonderful Nikki, I cannot tell you, it's been so lovely chatting with you today. And I know that you're going to have offered hope and support to so many people. Oh, Hannah, I'm so glad. I'm so glad that our kind of serendipitous <laughs> connection happened this week. It was just wonderful. We should thank Omanar too, shouldn't we, for sharing my blog? Yeah, we should. Thank you, Omanar. Yeah, definitely. It was uh, just perfect, really perfect. Thank you, my love. Thank you, Nikki, for taking time out to chat with me today. As Nikki said, the very best place to reach out to her immediately is via Instagram. That's Nikki underscore Duffel. And it's Nikki with a Y and Duffel is D-U-F-F-E-L-L. If you're feeling particularly anxious at the moment with everything that's going on in the world, or maybe you're just struggling to get your head around the situation, 
It's a unique time that we're living in right now and it's perfectly normal and perfectly okay to feel stressed, uncertain and anxious. It can be really important if you are going through those emotions to reach out and speak to somebody. Remember, you're not alone in this and through these times, it's particularly important to focus a little bit extra on self-care. We're all here to support one another as a community. Hannah Salito's natural skincare range is available to order now. Featuring a skin soothing spray, scar minimizing oil, hair care, teas and tinctures. It's the natural solution to support your skin healing journey. Order now at hannahsalito.com.